the Draft Fantasy Podcast. Bonus Hello, fantasy managers. Welcome to the Draft Fantasy Podcast bonus brief for the final game week of the season. Yeah, final game week. Game week 38. We've made it thus far. Can you believe it? What a ride. I think you all deserve a pat on the back. Uh, all we need now, of course, is shorts weather, but I can't guarantee that. Uh, now, before we speak to the uh, secret journalist who's on the phone, I have some big news to share, and that is from next season, we will be known as the Ultimate Fantasy Podcast. Yes, we are branching out. We will not only be covering Draft, we will also be covering FPL and all those other platforms that you enjoy, like Fan tracks, footy index, etc. All of them. Uh, this also means that we'll be welcoming lots of really cool contributors from all walks of knowledge to help you out. Bigger and better, hopefully. Uh, more details will be coming forth. But don't miss our club by club season previews, though, later in the summer, which will include the wonderfully brilliant Lindsay Hooper, alongside, of course, some other delightful voices. More to come on that. Very excited about that, actually. Uh, so please do like, subscribe, spread the word, tell your friends. Uh, it's really important and very much appreciated. So thank you. Thank you for all your support. You know who you are. Um, so enough of that. I have the secret journalist on the phone. Hello, Alfie. Hey, Phil. So you're Northern, right? You love your drama, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy Line of Duty. I love Game of Thrones. But I think uh, none can match the dramatic turns of what happened in the Champions League this week. Wow, we woo wah. Yeah, they need to they need to box set it up, don't they? It's fucking great. I mean, it's crazy stuff when it had a bit of everything. It had managers crying. Uh, you had the super subs. You had uh, quite possibly the greatest villain of all time. That's Luis Suarez, the uh, the most obnoxious yeah. human being of all time. Uh, he makes Harvey Weinstein seem palatable. Um, yeah, what a great break from the Premier League. How are you feeling from it? Well, it, I mean, it's it's just a continuation of, of how great the Champions League has been in general this season. I can't think of a better European Cup that, that there's been like consistently as this one. Like every single time the knockout rounds come around, you, you're looking forward to it. It's not always been the case in previous years, but you're looking forward to it because you know that they're just going to serve up something special. And, you know, we've had these two semi-finals, um, which have just been remarkable. But, you know, you forget the, the previous, like how quickly you move on from the mm. fact that you had that Spurs-Man City game in the previous. <laughs> yeah, you round. did, didn't you? Yeah. And, and then there's like like the Real Madrid and Ajax game that was absolutely brilliant. And just oh, the, the, the wealth. Of, and even you go back to the group stage, you know, you, you forget Liverpool and Tottenham are in the, are in the final of this. But they're... They both scraped, like in in some respects, scraped through their group because they they both finished second in their group and both scraped through on on like the you know just just by getting a, a result right at the end, including Tottenham scraping that that result of Barcelona. Oh yeah, but of course. Just just the whole the whole tournament has just been storyline after storyline and drama after drama. It's absolutely mm. brilliant. Indeed, it is, mate. First uh, of June, by the way. Yeah, uh, something yeah. to look forward to. Really late. Uh, anyway, so back to the Premier League, if you remember that. Um, mm. Game Week 37 proved to be both predictable and unpredictable at the same time, in the sense that both Liverpool and City won, but in unusual circumstances, obviously, that that company goal. Uh, yeah. The final relegation spot was settled early with Palace defeating Cardiff, and Man United drew with the HUD, 
which was very predictable slash unpredictable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you what wasn't predictable, and that was the goal scorers, Phil. Uh, seven defenders scored, four of them being centre-backs. And that means that the top players in fantasy league terms were Louise, Ake, Coleman and Fredericks. How about that, Apples, eh? Pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. Uh, so game week 38, Phil, um, I imagine many leagues are done and dusted. But for those still going to the wire, including our own, uh, game week 38, in terms of selecting players, mm. is going to prove problematic. Uh, so many questions. In fact, one question sent in from Mr. Long Long. Oh, yeah. uh, he wants to know, most teams have nothing to play for. So where are fantasy managers going to get value if at all um I, I well there's always value you know that's that's fantasy football that's that's how it works isn't it you know people score goals people keep clean sheets you get points it's like there's always going to be value there it's just where you find it um the i, I mean I, I i get what i get the point you're making about the fact that there are less teams with with stuff to play for but the, the the I think it's only like half the fixtures uh, are of that type because if you look, you know City and Liverpool have obviously got things to play for, so they're going to be full strength, and that has a knock on effect, which means Brighton and Wolves, who they're both playing, for the for their own kind of pride and for their own sense of of moral duty, and also because the Premier League has rules for this, um, they, they're going to have to play a certain strength aside. It's not like they can just send out a, a bunch of kids or anything. So that that has a knock-on effect for those those fixtures. Spurs and Arsenal uh, are, are both, in theory, in contention to, to finish in the top four. Albeit, you know, Arsenal got to to do quite a lot of work. And there's got to be a big goal swing. Um, so they'll want to they want to go all out for it. Um, I, the, the other fixtures, the ones that in theory don't have anything riding on them, still have little aspects that would be interesting. I mean, Man United at home against Cardiff, the way that their season has tailed off, they're not going to want to, you know, kind of mm. lose at home to yeah. Cardiff, especially at Huddersfield. They're not going to lose at home to Cardiff on the last day of the season to be, uh, to be the real glory of it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like uh, Fulham and Huddersfield and, and Cardiff are obviously all going down, so they're not going to they're going to rest players for that. They're, they're, it's going to be their full strength, whatever their full strength side happens to be. So they're going to want to sign off from the Premier League with with a win. So th- there are other storylines there that, while whilst it might look like there's nothing to play for, there are still there are still issues at hand that that mean that clubs are, are not going to just cave in and start you know messing about with their sides. Uh, so let's look at some of the fixtures then very briefly uh, Liverpool versus Wolves obviously after the Champions League uh, drama as we've discussed uh, uh, Wolves look like they're going to go for it um, because yeah. that's just how they roll um, Liverpool in terms of their team selection uh, is this a time to reward Divock Origi and super sub Gigi Wijnaldum uh, well I, I would suspect that Wijnaldum probably will play because I mean it, it, he he, he, always, he tends to, to play he's more or less he's the strongest side available to them and when you consider what's at stake he's obviously going to do that, do that this weekend uh, it, it'll be dependent on certain players and what their fitness is like I mean I, I think from what I've read about it, Firmino is the least likely to play of their of the of the kind of two strikers that missed out in the, in the Champions League game, which would suggest that you're looking at Origi starting in his place, considering what he did midweek. Um, obviously, mm. the other alternative is he plays Sturridge, but I would suspect Origi is probably the most likely. Um, Wijnaldum plays or tends to start more games in the Premier League than he does Champions League anyway, because he tends to bring in Milner and people with a bit more. 
I don't know, you wouldn't say now, would you? But, but just someone with a bit more, maybe like experience or someone who thinks he's better suited to playing European football. Uh, so yeah, Wijnaldum w- might be a decent shout. Origi, I would say, is probably very likely to play. And Spurs, Everton, Lamella is potentially fit again. Uh, yeah. Is this the time? Are we finally going to get to see Kyle Walker, Peters? Well, t- I mean, Tottenham are going to play a strong side as well. I'm not, I don't, I don't know whether they'll, I don't know, mix it. I mean, t- to be fair, whilst it's hard to, it's hard to be critical of Tottenham after what they achieved last night. Trippier didn't have a great game, oh, no. um, and so whether whether he sees him as someone he might want to take out of that side and and rotate, I'd, I mean, I'd be surprised if he did. I would think you're looking at, 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 at pretty much a full strength Tottenham side playing there as well. I mean, you've got you've got plenty of time between now and the Champions League final. It's not like he needs to rest people for that. They've obviously got some suspended now, so that's going to mean a slight tweak to the forward line. But I would think you're looking at the the sort of regular. The regular play. I mean, Ericsson's obviously going to play. Um, Mora, you would think, would start. Uh, whether he thinks Lorente is the option to come in for Son, because he's been playing in that quite central role any at times, or whether he thinks Lamella might be a better option. They're, they're, the, they're the two that are most likely to come in, I would think, Lamella or, or Lorente for Son. Mm. Of course, uh, with the uh, Champions League buzz, uh, even though Everton have been good, um, you expect a home result for Spurs, right? You would think so. I mean, like I said, they've they've still got something to play for in the league, albeit something remarkable has to happen for it to for it to swing Arsenal's way for the top four. Um, but so they'll want to get a they want to get a result to to absolutely make sure. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, good season for Tottenham overall. Uh, it's good to see North London's Premier Club <laughs> doing well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Arsenal fans. Right, uh, right. Uh, one fixture I think a lot of people highlighted for this game week is uh, Southampton versus the HUD, Huddersfield. Uh, many fantasy managers look and think uh, clean sheet for Southampton. Uh, is this such the home banker everyone thinks it is? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I, I can't, yeah, I, I would. Th- I think Southampton are winning this. They, they got a, they had a bad result in there last week, which means that, albeit them being safe, they'll still they, they won't want to end the season with a, a loss like a heavy loss at West Ham and then a and then a, a, a defeat at home at Huddersfield. They, they, I, I can I can only see Southampton winning that. Even though Huddersfield, it's like this kind of well, it's our one last shot at, at Premier League, you know, possibly for a while, at least for a year. Uh, they'll they'll be. I still can't see how they've got enough to to problem to give to give Southampton any problems. Mm. Uh, Watford West Ham, this is a difficult one. So Watford have uh, two losses on the spin, and West Ham yeah. have two wins on the spin, which means it's a draw, right? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. There's every chance. I mean, I I can, I can <laughs> see this potentially being quite a high-scoring game. Uh, West West Ham, are, you know, they're mid-table. They're, they're got every incentive to just go for it and try and put a show on. Watford are by nature an attacking side. Um, so I can, I can see this having some goals in it. Uh, be interested to see what Watford do, considering they've got a, an FA Cup final coming up, um, as to as to whether they see this as a game where they can give some players a little rest and rotate a little bit. But, I mean, I, I think, how I don't know how far Watford really rotate. Or you'd be looking for players like, just cleverly get a game, um, does like Isaac's success 
get a start. They're, they're the kind of players that, that they might bring in. Mm, exciting times. <laughs> um, so the, one more fixture I wanted to discuss very briefly, and it's the uh, two of the most informed teams in the Premier League in terms of performances. Fulham versus Newcastle. I mean, it could be a home win here, a Newcastle already on the beach, or is it going to be a nice sturdy nil-nil, or is it going to be a 4-4? I mean, I just don't know how to call this. What do you reckon? I I can see Fulham winning this one. Mm. I think that, like like you've pointed out, that they are in a, they are in a bit of form and, and they have been winning games recently. And and I think that um, unlike your Huddersfield um, and talking about them having one last send off, you know, it makes a big difference that it's Fulham's last home game in the Premier League before they go down. And they've got some they've got some talented players. Not least of all, the fact they've got a you know Mitrovic who was at Newcastle and maybe didn't entirely fulfil his potential there. He might see it as a, you know, bit between his teeth and go for it. Ryan Babble might he's, he's probably unlikely to be at Fulham next season. He might want to, you know, sign off with a with another decent performance. I, I can see Fulham beating these up. Nice. Uh, any clean sheets going on then? Or <laughs> I, I think there'll be a few. I think there'll be a few. But I, I mean, I, I, again, it's like we've spoken about before, this end of the season, there's inevitably going to be one game which is bonkers where you're going to get like a 4-3 or a 5-4 where that is I don't know Palace Bournemouth might be an option that's an interesting one that could mm. uh, that could be a big scorer yeah I think there's still a few there'll obviously be some clean sheets and I think there are a few teams that look likely to be able to get them okay so let's do the clean sheet prediction forecast your final one of the 2018-2019 yeah. season right I've um, I've got Man City Leicester Man United, Southampton, Tottenham, and Watford. Oh, it's not bad. So that's uh, very similar to mine. You've gone. You've been more optimistic. I've I've gone for City, Man United, Southampton, and Spurs. Oh right, okay, yeah. I've, oh. I've chucked a couple of extra ones in. We did, by the way, last week we did pretty well. Oh really? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was uh, pleasantly surprised. Uh, before we go, Phil, is there any more wisdom you'd like to impart onto our fantasy football managers? Uh, no, no. <laughs> Just get out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think the uh, the team talk at the moment after the Champions League is you've got to have heart. Yeah, I I, I would I would just say um, just get through this last week and then enjoy summer and forget all about this nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least till first of June, and then you've got the Nations yeah. League. Yeah, yeah, and and then all meet up, get drunk, do a draft, and regret picking some of the players you picked. <laughs> right. Thank you very much, uh, Phil, for joining us. Um, uh, looks like a fourth place finish for you this year. Not mm-hmm. bad. Uh, good turnaround. Next year, of course, we'll not only be doing a draft league, the two of us will be co-managing an FPL team in our new look Ultimate Fantasy setup. That's something to look forward to, mate, isn't it? Uh, where's co-managing ever work? One of us... This will be gone by Christmas and uh, leaving the other one in charge. <laughs> yeah, I imagine the word disgrace would be bandied around. Uh, well, I look forward to the I look forward to, the, uh, look forward to <laughs> us deciding on what team we're going to pick. That'll be fun. An absolute shit show live. <laughs> one thing's for sure, there'll be a lot of wolves in it. <laughs> yeah. Excellent, mate. All right, then. Thanks very much, and Phil. Have a lovely weekend. Enjoy your final weekend, and then uh, enjoy some well-deserved time off. Cheers, Alfie. Speak to you soon, mate. Thanks, Enfield. Bye-bye. He's gone. 
And he's gone for the season. Phil will, of course, be back with us for the season preview episodes that we'll have next season. How truly exciting. And that's it from me. Um, so game week 38 summary to help you get the points. You need to get the points if you still need to get the points. Uh, bear in mind, it's the last game of the season. Beware of rotation. Maybe the teams who have done badly will stick with their strongest side to prove a point. Uh, Chelsea may stick with a settled side. And given that Sarri is not the sentimental type, it looks likely that Gary Cahill, if you're hoping to bring him in, he may have to settle for a one-minute cameo. Um, nothing to bear in mind. It might be better to bank on the home side, coming through with the result if you're unsure. Um, player tips, well, who knows? If you play with Conte points, might be worth loading up with those players. Um, but you do get a sense there will be goals this week. Um, and that's it. Um, that's it for the season. We'll be doing a season review, perhaps. I think there's talk about that. That may happen. If not, we'll see you next season under the name of the Ultimate Fantasy Podcast. In the meantime, take care of yourselves and each other. Thank you for listening and good luck. Thanks and bye. The Draft Fantasy Podcast. Bonus. Bonus.